Before we get started today, we have a message from our sponsor, 3BR Distillery. 3BR is a producer of unusual craft spirits featuring a kitschy Slavic punk tasting room in Keyport, New Jersey. 3BR's unique Gorovka spirit, made from peas, is an homage to a family recipe secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Visit 7 Main Street in Keyport for more. Cannon fodder. My name is Ed. And I'm Matt. And I'm Dr. Dave from the Talking Tacos podcast. And I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> and that means that we are doing our follow up episode to the Viewisk Universe. Uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, as soon as we've dropped this, December 6th, this upcoming Tuesday, is the official DVD, Blu ray, and rental release for Clerks 3. So we're going to catch up on the Viewisk Universe and talk some Clerks 3 as well as some other new developments. Wait a second. What, what's the date? December 6th. So we could have, I could have waited three more days and I could have rented the movie instead of having to buy it is what you're saying? You were the one who picked this date to record. <laughs> <laughs> also, we, we got we to gotta support Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, we watched it, uh, all three of us together, um, at Matt's place. At the uh, buying it at the estate. However, I actually saw it first night that it was uh, the first showing at Red Bank at the Count Basie Theater. And then Kevin Smith did a Q&A. And I bring this up not only to brag, but also because <laughs> during the Q&A, Kevin Smith mentioned that he's very close to moving forward with Mallrats. Oh, Twilight of the Mallrats. Yes. So, and that he was able to make this movie, Clerks 3, because Lionsgate was so happy with how the DVD and Blu-ray sales went for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So you buying this is going to help them make the next one. Ah. So basically the success of the last two movies has made Mallrats 2 or Twilight of the Mallrats, as it was called when it was a TV show idea, now much more possible. So, you know, let's just keep on buying stuff. I feel good about it then. And we think you should buy it because I thought Clerks 2 was fantastic. What do you gentlemen think? Uh, Clerks 2 or 3? 3. Yeah. Uh, it, It was... Fantastic, but goddamn, was it dark? <laughs> I was I was not expecting it to be well, that it dark. Was, uh, I mean, dark, dark is a word. It was heavy in a lot of places uh, that I wasn't expecting from a movie in the Clerks series. Uh, uh, the first movie just seemed like you know to be edgy, and the second movie was definitely a comedy, even a romance. Yeah, this was not uh, either of those things. There were comedic moments, but this just seemed like a tragedy overall. Yeah, he hasn't been this heavy since Chasing Amy. And it's it's interesting because the first movie was you know all about his life at the time, a guy not knowing what to do about his future, living in Jersey, working at a convenience store. Second movie, also a product of where he was in his life at that point, right? It dealt with uh, him, uh, a, a guy who's about to be a father, getting married, all that type of stuff. You know, he had just gone through that all himself. And now this one deals with him having a heart attack, but he made, 
he made a bunch of movies after he got a heart attack. He got a heart. He had a heart attack, survived, right. lost a bunch of weight. Nobody else in his life died. Is in a good place in his life. When he retold that story for Clerks Three, everything goes wrong. It's a much darker movie. Yeah. yeah. And didn't didn't you say that Jeff Anderson, uh, Randall had that a heart attack also in real life and had that procedure done, or is that no no that that's Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith? Okay. So so much. Um, it was specific to Kevin Smith, that procedure. Yeah, so okay. much of that, like the little dick joke and all that little stuff, is and and the fact that he was, um, so he was high, which right. is part of the reason why the doctor thinks he was able to survive. Because normally, when people realize they're having a heart attack, they panic, stress out the heart even more because, like, holy shit, I'm having a heart attack. But part of it was that he was like so high that he that he wasn't worried. And this is also worth noting as we get into the um, nitty gritty of Clerks Three. This is actually the second version of Clerks 3 that was written. Really? And what's what's interesting about that is that that version was never filmed, but was performed. I know that Matt and I talked about this years ago for the uh, the First Avenue Playhouse, which is where they do all the uh, audition scenes in the Clerks 3 movie, and where they actually did the auditions for Clerks, uh, the original movie. They did a, um, a reading of that original script that's never been made. They did that for charity, and like it sold out immediately. Like as soon as I heard about it, the tickets were already gone. But a prototype you know, version. Yeah, of... it was a script that Jeff Anderson, who plays Randall, yep. refused to do. Yep. Yeah, he just didn't like, and like, and and there was always some mentions about what it was, and part of it is that it was dark, that it was too dark for him. So I don't know how that this movie <laughs> is even darker. Several than main characters so, yeah. uh, die. Yeah, and and and. Another thing I want to get into is because this is a question that somebody had for me right right away after they saw it was do they do we think that he killed off Becky because Rosario Dawson's such a hard actor to get and all this stuff? But I would I would disagree because she was in the she movie. was in a she was in a fair amount of the movie. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't just one scene. She it was, had, that was a decision. Yeah, she she had she had several days probably filming on that set. Yeah. They could have easily had her be his wife still and still be alive. And she would have been in enough of the movie to make sense. It, it was definitely a choice. Yeah. Which is interesting because this is the second time he's killed a, a wife character. Because, of course, Jersey Girl. Yeah. Not, not part of the VUS universe. But it's very Jersey Girl to have um, a pregnant mother die. Although this time the kid also died. Which is why he went even darker. Yeah. Maybe he's telling us something that he doesn't want to tell us that happened in his life. Since everything else that happened in his life seemed to be about... Are you saying he wishes that Jen Schwabach died? I really hope not. No, <laughs> I mean, maybe they had a miscarriage and lost a baby or something like this. I mean, I guess, I guess that's possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that is, I never thought about that actually. But it is dark to have because it seems like all of the hardest yeah. shit that his characters go through, he's gone through. So yeah. that seems like maybe. I mean, it could be. Uh, maybe he was just also a metaphor for how he was so scared about becoming a father and didn't want to actually become a father until he became a father. Or something. Well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, because very much like the story in Clerks 2, when he got together with Jen Schwabach, they they were barely dating, and it was and it was like a surprise. Like they didn't plan to have Harley Quinn, so like it was right. very much that same situation where like a very new relationship all of a sudden we're having a kid. So there, there is a lot of similarities between. Dante Hicks's life and Kevin Smith's life. I thought it was crazy too because it was I liked how he did the the fake out. It's like they make it they imply that she died in childbirth and lost yes. the baby as well. Um and then like in the final act of the movie, they make it somehow even worse by it was a drunk driver yeah. that killed them and it's like you're just that that final 
that whole final like the, so the this the meta of this movie right the meta throughout but it's we'll talk about all the other meta moments in a in a moment as I jump to the very end but like it was so meta Dante's final um, like uh, monologue as he's going through all that stuff and it becomes yeah. meta in the sense even that that's how he dies also it's just yeah. like the whole like he he's making like it starts as the fine one of the scenes in the movie that they're filming within the movie and it transitions into his real life thoughts and then he dies it's like meta 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 dead it's just, it just black and white color black yeah. and white color that was a great scene yeah. just and, so genius and dave had a brilliant observation while we were watching the movie you were saying how this movie is nostalgic about itself yeah <laughs> which i mean and that's very much a lot of uh, Kevin Smith's um, career is he's always yeah. self-referential. And this movie had that on every level. Like, every department, props, such a thing, all that type of stuff, costuming, it was all callbacks. Just like, before getting in, into the, the deep stuff and, and all that, just, there were all the brands on the shelves well, for, at at the quick stop. The Hater Tots from the reboot, uh, the Chulies Gum from all the way gum, back, yep. the original. Nail cigarettes. You know, um, the T-shirts that they were wearing, you know, Big Choice video and all this other stuff. But then also, some of the clothes were the same clothes in other movies. Like, like in one of the directing scenes, Randall is wearing the CCCP. Yes. Um, yes. Communist, yes. You know, like so that shirt is what he wears in um, Jay and Silent Bob. Yep. Strike Back. That is what he's wearing in that scene. Yes. So like they, and, and, and some of the sweaters that you see... Um, Dante wear, he wore in other movies. So it's all very self-referential in terms of that. And then all the different brands. And then you get even deeper. One of the parts of the Viewers Universe that we talked about, about whether or not it was or was not canon, is the Clerks cartoon. Yes. The second episode of the Clerks cartoon is, in my opinion, one of the best animated episodes ever. It is the second episode of the series. And they make it a clip show. Wait, of the so, first show? Yeah. Of the first episode? So what happens is, at the beginning of the second episode, they get stuck in the back freezer. And then they start talking about all their previous adventures together. But since they only have one episode to reference, they just keep on referencing what the happened. The same clip. Yeah. And one of the jokes in that episode is that how it's hot cold in the freezer. That's a line in Clerks 3. Yeah. So that makes me think Clerks animated show it's clearly canon now but we digress i thought that it was really interesting how all of the actors who were in the original clerks came back as their older versions yeah when they showed them shooting the scenes for his movie inconvenience that was one of my favorite parts about inconvenience it. great name for the you know the meta remake and you can see that on a 90s poster too yeah you know like it's yeah what was what was the title that they threw away? Something about conven convenience already. It was uh. So yeah, so it was gonna be a uh, convenience stories. Convenience stories. And then, yeah, right, that was right. the first one, and then he and then he went to inconvenience, and I just liked how every time, uh, Jay would would do the slate, he'd say I, I we didn't. Like I, I don't title. get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inconvenience. I don't, I don't get it. I also love. He goes. This isn't how I talk. <laughs> I also love all the digs at at at, at himself and others. You know, like. There was a lot of these like very sitcommy moments where he'd be like, you know, oh well, we're not gonna make a sequel, not a hack, and then you look to Kevin Smith, right? Or, you know, you, or you know, they're just like, oh, you can't make regular people movie stars and jaywalks. Yeah, in. jaywalks in. Yeah, Oops. the way the way he digs at himself is just so fantastic all throughout this movie. And I think my 
the the thing that was so well done for me about this movie was that as heavy as it was, he still the comedic timing of like the ridiculous sex and dick jokes were just so mm, so flawless. Yeah, because he doesn't have a style of humor that you no would dick think and fart jokes. It's really his style lends of humor. itself yeah. to a serious movie, and that's part of the reason why I think Jersey Girl didn't work. Right, is that you know he tried to kind of do something similar. I was, still think Jersey Girl is more maligned than it should be. But it's just outside of his vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. But this one, it, this reminded me almost of the way Funny People did. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Funny People. With Adam Sandler? Yeah. yeah the movie was great. I, I thought it was a great movie. And, and, and Funny People is an interesting movie because it's a drama, but it has funny people in it. Hence right. the title. That's what this was. Yeah. So, like, the people are going through serious things, but because they're funny, they're just, and comedians are just making jokes the whole time and this is the same thing these these guys are going through serious things but their work dynamic is so yeah. sarcastic and in jersey and all that that they just are saying all these ridiculous things while serious things happen around them the scene where he was first talking to becky or the, like the force ghost of becky um when the she was <laughs> when she was talking about yeah a little double entendre there when yeah. she was talking about how you just she's just i'm just fucking in heaven like that's all i'm doing i'm fucking people in heaven and it's great and she starts listing about fucking famous people and she starts listing like a long list of people that she's famous people that she's fucked in heaven and they're all black, and they're all black guys <laughs> just just, just such coincidentally, a subtle george washington even cleopatra black woman. carver yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah cleopatra black dude it was just, yeah, the George Washington Carver bit, and then she finished it with, oh, and Malcolm X. You're just like... <laughs> and again, like, 30 seconds before that, he's crying at her grave because she's dead, and then her ghost shows up and talks about how she's just getting railed in heaven. Like... <laughs> there you go, Kevin. <laughs> and, and let's get more into the canon here, getting to this Force Ghost thing. So, as as you know, Dr. Dave, being an avid listener of the Review Podcast Network and right. part of it yourself, we don't just do movie reviews on this podcast. We talk about, you know... Uh, the connection between different movies and TV shows and what is and isn't canon within a respective universe. What do you think? And I'll have Matt go first. Is she a ghost or is she in Dante's head or is it both? Because she's in multiple scenes. What do you think? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I consider her a ghost mm -hmm. because at the end when Dante is, you know, passing over, let's say... And he's in the yeah. theater with her watching, like, the movie of his life. Which that, is something they reference very early on. Yes. It's a great callback. Exactly. That, to me, makes her a ghost because he's now... Because if it, if it was just a figment of his, of his imagination, right, it wouldn't make as much sense for him to imagine watching his own right. movie, uh, the movie of his life, and then she's also there. That scene, for me, makes it so that she's, she's a ghost. So I will agree with the ghost... Uh, assessment, but for with different evidence, um, because I think if you're imagining yourself watching a movie as you die, you can clearly imagine it with your ex-wife. Um, I mean, that's not. Uh, I think the thing that did it for me was he was um, reminiscing about the or not reminiscing. I don't know what the word is. He's standing outside the movies, yeah. and he's all, and that's like the last place he saw her before she died from the from the getting hit by a car. Yeah, uh, drunk driver and he was like talking with her and stuff and and like he he had like left his um work shirt he yeah. like dropped it on the ground and they show her go pick it up and they cut and when they cut back it's oh, yeah. it's um it's randall, it's randall picking up the yeah. shirt so i feel like um 
her her motive um or like her love her whatever her energy whatever her actions were being replicated through randall because she was as close with dante as randall is yeah and so i like that yeah that's i think that's like especially when you think about the movie ghost when you know he's like inhabiting another person's body i feel like right if she if randall was there uh and just being quiet with dante she could be like using his body or whatever also that's her existing after he turned away too right right? so would she exist if she was a figment of his imagination after he had left exactly like why would she be able to witness that outside because if if it's a figment of his imagination she's only going to see what he wants her to see she's not going to have her own independent thought or actions yeah and then also this is a movie that exists within a movie series that has defined the supernatural as existing like there is definitively a god in this world right there are (laughs) angels there's demons yep there's a heaven there's a hell it's a very misinterpreted version of what christianity says there is but yeah yeah but but there is life after death definitively and supernatural actors and supernatural actors so that and then i also think another thing that points to her being a ghost is that what he sees at the end when he's watching the movie of his life so it cuts from randall showing him the movie that they shot and then he sees on the screen his life right he's not seeing anything they actually shot like he looks like he did when he was in his 20s right not his 40s and especially when it goes beyond uh the movie that they were yes, shooting when they start to the all show, these Clerks Two, Clerk, the and, scenes from Clerks Two. Yeah, I think, a, I think there's even a shot uh, of them from like, um, from like, from like Big Jane and Silent Bob. Like there are all these other shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, this, this movie is is definitively canon for sure. Um, and the yes, she is a ghost. I think by far. I don't think there's any other way to look at. It. And I think it's the best way to look at it. Yeah. Making her a ghost. I think it gives the movie a lot more. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You know what I'm Depth. trying to say. Yeah. Depth, thank you. Yeah. And Kevin I was going to say, oomph. <laughs> and one, at the Q&A, so I saw it twice. I saw it in Red Bank and I also saw it in New York at the Beacon Theater. At the Beacon Theater Q&A, Kevin Smith really leaned into, because the actor who plays Dante Hicks, Brian Halloran, was there. Um, he said, he joked about like him coming back as like a Luke-like force ghost. Because <laughs> yeah. there could be another Clerks movie. Yeah. Definitively, there will be other movies within the viewers universe yeah of course like it's not weird or um like or unforeseen that there will be other movies with at least a shot or scene at the quick stop so maybe you'll see you know dante randall well, i think and all they that. i think they hinted that in that very last scene where they're panning down the aisles and you see uh harley quinn smith is working at the quick stop and she's wearing the uh, the thing that she got from Jay in Jane and Silent Bob reboot that's sort of like hinting at you know here's the next generation of people going to be in this movie both you know literally because it's his it's, Kevin Smith's daughter yeah, that was nice that it was a small role small role but, uh, dude when she <laughs> when she we were at the funeral and the the little goth kid yeah well you know that's her that's her boyfriend in real life no I know that's yeah, why yeah. yeah that's why it's so great and he oh, goes wow. she looks at him when she gives him like she gives him like the eyes you know at the at the fucking funeral the, can we just talk about that didn't you say Kevin Smith mentioned something in the Q&A like the costume budget for the fucking oh yeah Satan people like just so he every mentioned- shot yeah every scene that they were in they were wearing a completely different costume and, and they were in yeah. a lot of scenes. And Kevin Smith mentioned during his Q&A that that was a last-minute addition to the movie. So just to put it in perspective, if you're the hair... Putting them in different characters and costumes? Yes. The <laughs> hair, makeup, and wardrobe departments thought they were doing 
the simplest, cheapest movie out there, right? It's just a bunch of older people, oh, a little bit of makeup, no big time actresses besides Rosario Dawson. You have to worry about like really getting ready, right? Like, right. and it's all simple clothes. Like we talked about, some of the clothes already exist. You're literally, you don't have to pick it. He wore it in the other movie. You just have to get the same thing, right? He said that the actor who plays Elias mentioned that. Like, like I thought it would just be cool if like I wore something different. Yeah. And then it just obviously Snowballed. spiraled just out of ran control. With it. Because it's also very complex um, as you're like making this movie because you have to you have to clock this now. It's yeah. Because you're shooting obviously the movie out of order. Right. And now in every scene that he's in, if you notice, it gets a little bit more. Yep. Like so, like it's it, it's like that you know, like the boiling the frog. No, totally. Like, yeah. So by the end, by the time he, he gets to he, the, he looks like the full satanist. Yeah. He, yeah. And, and like, but even he has the like hair mad glitter and the craziness. He like, has the like mad seagulls. He has like Mad Max armor in on in like the fucking funeral. Like he's got yeah. the spike shoulder thing. You know, it's like it's just absolutely wild. And I love every second of it. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's, it's. I think my favorite joke in the movie was when he because again the movie is just littered with jokes but they sometimes pop in at like the deepest moments but when he first renounces because he starts the movie right as a big Jesus freak and that's what they when they make fun of for the Christian crypto and like whatever yes and then he 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 when Randall has the heart attack he renounces Jesus and Christianity yes and you think that like that's gonna be it like he's just okay like you know whatever I, this, oh, none of this is real what, what am I wasting my time for yeah. and then he goes Hail, he goes for Satan. Like, so it's not that he doesn't believe that heaven and hell and all this shit actually exists. He, he just, just roots for the other team. He just roots for the other team, dude. Well, it's, it just plays into how... Best joke. It's how impressionable he is. Yeah. So this, it, it's not that he just gives up on, on Jesus, like you said. He still believes no. in Christianity. He, yeah, he still yeah. believes in this entire system. Yeah. It's just that he literally prayed to Satan. Yeah. Satan came through... So now he's Satan's guy. It's, he, very, he, it's a very, it's, it's one of the most practical right. views yeah. of religion you'll ever see. Because he even like, said it at the I end. I don't know, of, he said yes, so yes. <laughs> he even said it at the funeral, and he was like, he's like no, I believe there's a heaven. You know, it's like, this, this is he, just better, yeah. you know? Just, Satan actually answers his first. Yeah, Satan actually does something. Which, I mean, which which tracks. Um, the, uh, where, I, so, okay, here's, here's another question. The, when we speak of canon, right? Is the actress that, uh, during the audition scene, they have all the cameos, yes. right? Uh, Melissa Benoist, Benoist character, uh, character, she's one of the people auditioning. Yes. Is that, because she's an actress, and she was also an actress in the reboot, she oh. is that the same character? I don't think it can be. Because I don't think it can be either, she but it'd be cool. She actually plays, because she is Melissa Benoist in... Wait, it, is she actually... Yeah. Oh, that's right. right she yeah. is because it was, it was also Val Kilmer. Right, you're right. It actually and, was. And, and also, like, if a couple of years ago she was in a huge, basically the Marvel movie of that world. Right. Would she then be auditioning at the First Avenue Playhouse? Well, because they never tell you how. Maybe the movie isn't successful. <laughs> <laughs> that's how far she falls. Yes. What my, my question is? All right. So you have all the impractical jokers. Right. Are they the impractical jokers? There's is really, that Brian Quinn? There's no evidence That's, to suggest otherwise. Yeah. You know, I my question is which which Ben Affleck did we get there? Well, so he does the lion face, right? Lemon lemon face, face, which you've only ever seen Ben Affleck do. 
but he's the Ben Affleck of the Vewisk universe. 100%. Which we know is not, yes, it's not realer than real, it's... <laughs> And he goes by Boston John. Yeah, Boston John! Love the plume. <laughs> His ridiculous fucking Boston accent. You know, Dave and I were talking about this earlier. Like, there's just... Boston accents are so fucking ridiculous, but they make things funny. Yeah. Like, just... Because it's so absurd. It's like, who actually speaks like this? <laughs> also, it's just great to see him back in the fold. Yeah, you know, when, he, like, when so, he showed up in Reboot, yeah. too, that was just like, warmed your heart a little bit because you knew that him and Kevin right. Smith had been... Uh, on the outs for a number of years. And listeners to our previous Viewers Universe episode would know that, you know, we talked about how up until up until they uh, started filming, he was still not part of it. You know, he hadn't talked to Kevin Smith in a long time. They had a little bit of a falling out. You mean the uh, filming of Reboot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Up until then, like, he, like, and Kevin Smith wrote that whole scene yep. kind of on the fly. Yeah. Once he reached out to Ben Affleck after Ben Affleck said in an interview, oh, no, I, I would do it. He just never reached out to me. And that made that movie. Like, and that and that scene. And weren't him and, bless you, weren't him and Randall also on the outs in real life, too, for a little while? Yes, but more, like, creative. Like, right, right, like, yeah. f- From what we can gather from, you know, because Kevin Smith speaks his whole life on his podcast. So right. it's very easy to know so much about him just through his podcast. Is that, is that why we do he that? He has no filter. No, he has, <laughs> he has so much. I mean, as much as we seem to talk about everything, especially on Talking Tacos, he has no filter. When it's yeah. like, he talks about everything, his sex life, every little bit of everything. But, oh. yeah, it seemed with, with, with the guy who played Randall, Jeff Anderson, it was more like creative like yes they had a falling out but it wasn't right. like Ben Affleck was longer and much more personal yeah it was a personal thing yeah that's but, wild but but then again you know like so obviously his scene that was basically a chasing Amy mini sequel right in the middle of the movie which yep. I think more movies should do this is something Marvel is kind of doing now with their TV shows is like you see an update on a small character that like you don't need a whole sequel movie but now you see where this character yeah, you're like, is great done I love that like you saw where he was and you didn't have to get a whole movie of it even this little cameo he had was so good. Yeah, I, yeah, re- reboot and this. He's. Um, it makes me very excited for Twilight of the Mallrats. I hope it gets made because he's he's two for two on these late stage sequels. Let's call yeah. them right because you know, Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strike Back came out in '99. You know, so well wow. over. You know, yeah. 20, 20 years to the day almost to that movie. And Clerks was ninety four. Yeah, Clerks was ninety four, but yeah. Clerks two was you know was even later. Like well, that's also true. Yeah, two thousand six was Clerks two, right? Yeah, so sorry. because yeah, because she dies, and that's yeah. We haven't even mentioned just how dark that is. So we we talked about it personally. And this is something you realize you're watching the movie. Like, so you see two thousand six in that opening shot, which is great. That Mike Chemical Romance Jersey Band, <laughs> keeping the whole Jersey thing going on. Lots of Jersey songs. You you see movie. her little mass card right on the register, and you see 2006. So immediately you start doing the math in your head, just like, oh, that was like when that movie came out. And then you don't see, you don't see a daughter mentioned at all. Right. And right. You see her, and you see a flashback to her going to the hospital with the belly. She's just like, oh shit, so the mom and daughter died. Yeah. And then you find out that like, all right, so she died. With the belly. She has a belly of almost the same size at the end of Clerks 2. So basically, like, two days after Clerks 2, his whole life falls apart. Which, I don't know if I've ever seen that in a movie before where, like, it immediately falls apart. Uh, it would be like if at the end of Independence Day, like, as they're all celebrating... No, this did happen. Another, another ship shows up and no, they're this, just like, oh, no! No, this happened. This happened. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Nobody the end of, the end of Mortal Kombat, they've saved the day. Oh, yeah. Shao Kahn shows up, but it's just a teaser for the for the next movie. And then the first thing that happens in the next movie, which immediately follows the first movie, is Johnny Cage gets his fucking neck snapped. But there's no... You're right, but there's no teaser. 
Oh, but okay, you, but the factually right. it happens. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 like, yeah. But like, it's not like Clerks Two ends with you know an ominous shot of a guy walking into a bar. <laughs> you know, it's like, the movie ends on a high note, and then this guy is drunk driving. <laughs> That's so twisted. Oh god. Um, all right. Well, any other thoughts on uh, on so, Clerks Three? I um I saw this analog that I didn't really put together um with the original Clerks until I saw this movie. Um, was that so? the The movie that they make in Clerks Three is about Dante and Randall working in the Quick Stop, and the original Clerks was made by Jay and Silent Bob, who were the stoners out front, but they didn't play themselves. They were the guys who, in real life, worked in the Quick Stop, and they got actors yes to play themselves right. And then so in this movie, Jane Silent or in Clerks Three, it's uh it's the Jane Silent Bob characters that are inside the movie. They are the ones that are um, playing themselves. Yes, very famously, Kevin Smith said that he wrote Dante was based off of him. Yes, um, from Tell Him Steve Dave Brian Johnson, who's in. The um, opening sequence, he's the guy with the white beard. He's both at the funeral at the end yeah. and the hockey scene. He was supposed to be Randall. But very early on in them making Clerks, the original, Kevin Smith was going to play Randall, which is why Randall has all the best lines. Right. But he just didn't think he could do all three. Like, you know, write, direct, and play Randall. So he very famously played Simon Pub. And now that's a brand. He has a store named after him. Right. Um, just the fact that... The first movie is about the clerks who were really Jay and Silent Bob and the guys who were making the movie didn't play themselves. And in this movie, inside the movie, the guys who are making the movie are the are playing themselves. But also Jay and Silent Bob are also playing themselves inside the movie universe. And you want to get even crazy meta, more meta, levels upon levels. This is the second time... He's retold the story of Clerks because yes. Zach and Miri make a porno, which is shot in the coffee shop. Yeah, that the main characters work at is very much a meta version of Clerks, right. and it was based off of a joke that you saw in Clerks Three. Is that as Kevin Smith was making this movie? You know, this is well before independent cinema, you know, is what we know it as. Well before, you know, the democratization of content that cell phones brought. When he was telling people in the early 90s he was making a movie, they all were like a porno. Right. Which is a running joke in Clerks 3. Yes. And that that is why he made a porno in Zach and Mary. uh, Make a porno. Because that in at that level uh, or at that time, in order to make a movie... Um, the the quality level of movie that you could make yeah. was basically porno. In yeah, in large part. Which I mean, yeah. honestly, like the production level of Clerks yeah. isn't really much better than porno. No, exactly. It's just it's not the story is not and, pornographic. I mean, the language is almost it's it's pornographic language in many ways. Like to get that, but yeah, it's like now, in large part because of Kevin Smith. If you were to tell somebody now, hey, I'm making a movie, they wouldn't think, oh, Dave Caddick is a pornographer, right? But for YouTube 30 years ago, maybe. you'd be like... Well, when you're wearing the titties hat, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your reputation does precede you. That's right. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's a great observation. Now, we're before we end the episode. Yes, we primarily want to talk about Clerk Three, but I do want to talk about a new venture because Kevin Smith is always marketing. He's like George Lucas, man. He's always marketing or doing something. Uh, he has a deal with Dark Horse Comics, uh, in which he set up a uh, the Secret Stash Press, which is a printing. Their first release is Quick Stops. It's like an anthology style, uh, like journey through the Viewers Universe. And in fact, they call it Anecdotes from the Annals of the Universe. And the first <laughs> issue is here. And uh, uh, we just looked through it. I had read it, and I just gave it to the guys here. It's black and white, and it's incredibly meta. It's a chronic con interview for a podcast between a Holden McNeil and Alyssa, both from Chasing Amy. And it's almost like Holden McNeil kind of has the career of Kevin Smith. Yep. Like he's even hosting Blunt Man Beyond, which is a um, reference to an actual Kevin Smith podcast. So it's very meta. And he kind of tells the story of how he came up with the characters of Blunt Man and Chronic when he himself was working at the Quick Stop. It's like meta upon meta upon meta. At, when, while they were working at the Quick Stop, they came up with Blunt Man and Chronic. Yes. And, and he took... And he liked the job so much because he could draw while he was working. Right. Whereas Kevin Smith took the job and he could watch movies while he was working. <laughs> so there's, so it, I mean, it's it, it, it's perfect. It's it's great. And then it also references a deleted scene from Mallrats. And so it, it's it's oh, this that's is, right. This is super self-referential. I'm ex- I, I got to read this. And the main thing. reason I want to bring this up is because we want to talk about like where the Viewers uh, Universe goes next. It's always how we end our episodes. And before we get to that, I just wanted to mention that I think we know potentially where they'll go next. Issue four of Quick Stops has a variant cover, which has all of the versions. Did you say variant? Variant. Yes, I missed. Sure, it. sure, sure, sure. You, 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 normally, you're a lot quicker to jump on these things. He's he's he's, he's grown soft. Well, Matt, Matt and I eyebrowed. Yeah, each you, other. you you looked at each other, but it's a, but it's a it's not a visual medium. Well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to offend anybody by jumping down the throat like some people. I mean, I'm, I'm only I'm only a guest on this program. I'm not gonna. Uh... So I want to show you the cover to Quick Stops number four. Oh my God! It's, it's like all blood. of the characters that Brian O'Halloran plays. Oh, because, you know, yes, Dante Hicks is dead. Right, but, but in the East played, universe, yeah, shooter number played, three on the yes, yeah, all <laughs> Hicks. Those are all supposed to be his cousins. There's Gil Hicks. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's all these different Hicks. You know, like yes, there's the there's a news reporter from Dogma. Yeah, so I'm he, sorry. In order to not get um, canceled or banned, is this a uh, Kanye Hicks? Who is this guy with the the tight mustache? So yes, the um, <laughs> the Hicks, especially Hicks, on, Hicksler, if you will. Yeah, if you look. <laughs> Alright, easy con, yeah. <laughs> His mustache looks a lot smaller on the comics than I remember it being in Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> it looks much Oh, more... he's the king's character from Dogma. Yeah, it looks much more Charlie Chaplin esque. But this would be interesting. So beyond bringing him back as a force ghost, we could see a Hicks character. Because yeah. apparently the yes. Hicks bloodline is very strong. strong. Very virile, it's, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh he, you you could still see him. It's like um what other movies keep on having the same person? Play different characters. Oh, oh, like was, any of the Tarantino ones. Well, I was, I was also, I was gonna say the, uh, um, in the Flash series on the CW, um, the. Uh... Oh yeah, yes. So, oh the, God, what, so, what so, is... so the bloodline of Jay Garrick. Yes, is ridiculous. All these like 
people from him between Barry Allen and Jake Garrick and all that. No, I was gonna say who is the uh, the Wells on uh, on the Flash? All well, the yes, Wells. but but yes. they're but they're different. They're versions. technically multiverse. They're multiverse yeah. of the same guy. Right. I always thought you mentioned how like so so the same guy who played Jay Garrick right, also plays yes. Barry Allen, and they're all supposed to be connected and related. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Although I would love to see. Rather than rather than it be Hicks's cousins, I would love for it to be multiverse versions of Dante. Make it make it real weird. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> no, I, I like the Hicks cousins versions better. Yeah, yeah it so, keeps it a little more grounded in reality. Yeah, except for the fact that Satan and stuff exist in this world. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, so so Clark's three. If you're listening to this, uh, we're recording this on December third. I'm sure this will be released sometime this week. So December sixth, Tuesday. If it's at that date or past, it's now available. Blu-ray, DVD. And Kevin Smith mentioned this um, multiple times during the tour, so I just want to repeat that because I know if you're listening to this, you're a fan of his work. The best way you can support him is if you buy it. I've already pre-ordered the DVD. In fact, I've pre-ordered a couple copies because, as you know, we at the Review Podcast Network run some New Jersey free blockbuster locations. So throughout the state, we have a couple of uh, boxes where you can take a movie and leave a movie. And I bought a bunch of movies so I can put them in the different locations. So uh, fans of um, Kevin Smith, you can go to our boxes next week it's, and it's, pick it up. It's really throughout Monmouth County because once we get beyond the walls, it's, you know. We, just... That's right. I mean, if there ever is another, I, I've thought about like, oh, I might have to change the, the handle <laughs> if there ever gets to be another blockbuster in New Jersey. But as of right now, we're still the only three locations. Hell yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, no, well, this was a, a great episode. Dr. Dave, thanks for Thanks, thanks. For just to quickly transition from the free blockbuster uh, talk, you can find um, more information about free blockbuster at that whiteboard where I've uh, drawn the uh, the logo before and done some marketing for them, if you will. But uh, just wanted to announce um, Operation Whirlwind had another successful um, project today, interrupting the Asbury Park Santa uh, run. There was a 5K around town, and I... Um, I uh, conscripted our friend Bill from uh, the Talking Tacos podcast, also on the Review Podcast Network. Definitely listen to Talking Tacos, uh, and we uh, we trolled the entire Asbury Park uh, Santa Run. I held up a sign that said "You don't exist," and Bill and Bill hung up. Uh, Bill held up a sign that said "Bah humbug," and I tagged that whiteboard. And nearly everyone who walked by, they laughed or smiled. A lot of people were taking pictures or selfies with us and stuff. Uh, we were featured on the Asbury Park Santa Run's Instagram page. So follow that whiteboard. A lot of good stuff coming. You're soon. clearly the most successful person to sit in the third chair here on this podcast. <sighs> Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, More than Operation Whirlwind. <laughs> Operation Whirlwind. Uh, it's ongoing. Well, I'm Matt. Ahmed. I'm Dr. Dave. And this is Cannon, Cannon Fodder. Fodder. This is Cannon Fodder. Ha, 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 ha.